we all have doubts. I don't believe that there is any person who doesn't have doubts at all. And it's not about actually fighting them. It's about accepting them, but at the same time, not letting them rule your world and doing what you have decided, regardless the doubts and moving forward. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me as our special co-host today, my good friend from Twitter, Tia Lee Radio. But uh, Tia Lee, welcome to Star of the Doubts. Thank you so much, Jared. I'm excited to be here. All the way from Dallas, Texas. And our guest today is Annie or Ani Alexander. I'm going to call you <laughs> Annie every time. Ani Alexander from AniAlexander.com. Ani and I have been friends for a long time online, so it's a pleasure to have you on Star of the Doubts. Hi, Ani. Hello, hello. It's really nice to be over. Yes. Ani, you're coming all the way from London, England. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's like, you know, a new change, a new country. I'm, I've been here since January only, so yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But uh, for those people that don't know about Tia, Tia, just give people a quick update on all things... Tia Lee. Uh, well, Tia Lee, definitely from Dallas, Texas. I am a podcaster in the process of starting a new podcast. I've been podcasting since 2011 and I love it. Met Jared. Life has been great. My favorite color is purple and I love talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about the purple. I, I think I knew <laughs> All right, fair enough. And Ani, if you'd also do the pleasure for those that are living under living in a hole and they just don't know any better. What's going on with you? Well, I'm a best-selling fiction author and I'm a podcaster. And now I'm also helping people with their digital content strategies and and launching podcasts and self-publishing books as well. So I'm a little bit of everything. (laughs) Wonderful. And I appreciate you lowering your standards to be on the show today. And Ani, <laughs> the reason that's kind of fun, first of all, it's long overdue that we've had you on the show. And then the second part is I wanted you and Tia to meet because Tia, who is my friend and who's mentioned is starting a new podcast, went into a podcast Facebook group, the Podcast Movement Facebook group, and put out a question yesterday. So Tia, tell us about your post that you put in the Facebook group. Well, I posted, I am a bit of an overthinker, which probably is hidden behind fear, which it causes me to overthink. But I'm overthink. My question was, actually, I just forgot it. My question was, how do I figure out exactly what I want, you know, what I want my podcast to be? I've been overthinking like my content. I decided to change my line today. I was going back and forth on, you know, the title. Got too many thoughts just running in my head. I was trying to figure out a way to simplify and clarify my thoughts and feelings. I got some really great feedback on how to do that. Well, Ani has a lot of expertise in this area. She's dealt with this herself. She's dealt with this with a lot of her clients. And so, Ani, I was wondering if you'd be willing just to chat with Tia for a minute. We'll 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 talk about some of these things that she's running into and what your opinions are. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is, of course, a subjective one. But I think like, you know, when people have a similar problems, it's a good sign. Because usually people with high IQ are getting into these problems, you know. People who overthink are those who tend to analyze, who tend to go deeper into things and who tend to sort of, you know, analyze different scenarios and possibilities. So in one way, it's a good thing because, you know, it means you're a deep person. On the other hand, it sort of gets on the way because 
we end up in this cycle of overthinking and thinking things and then doing some things and then redoing them, etc. So it's just, it keeps us from actually launching the podcast because we end up with all these versions of things that we think we don't know yet. But my subjective opinion is that usually you figure out many things and you figure them out much faster once you have already launched. Like, you know, it's like this entrepreneurial thing of building the plane on your way after the jump kind of thing. So I guess what I did, because I guess I was on the other extreme because I didn't plan as much as I should. But the important thing for me is to get the basic crucial things in place for sure, which is why you want to do that podcast and who you do it for. I mean, if you know those two things, then everything else becomes easier because then you have this guiding sort of, you know, principle you go through. And every time you come up with uh, content ideas, with the naming, with everything else, it's easier to make it through that, those two components and compare them to those. Tia, I wanted to jump in for a moment. I think it was really cool what you did. You had a challenge. You had something that was on your mind and then you decided, okay, I'm going to just put this out there publicly. I'm going to ask people in a targeted group of people who've got experience with this. And then you've got a variety of answers, just like you're hearing from Annie or from Annie today. Sorry, Annie. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, Tia, I, want, I wanted to hear what kind of advice were you getting and was there anything that you got from that post in Facebook that you feel like you're going to apply and help you move forward? Yeah, to your point, Adi, that's a classic example. You try to call people, you know, sometimes things are misbehaving. You just got to either adapt or reschedule or so on and so forth. So uh, what are some examples where you've had to do that? Well, actually, I didn't overthink at all because I don't know if you know this story, but when I decided to launch a podcast until I actually launched it, it took me three weeks. But before that, I had no clue how anything worked. So I had absolutely no idea. I was starting from zero. And I was learning, like, you know, going through the tutorials and also recording interviews at the same time. But back then, I was living in Armenia. So I had ordered my microphone, which was going to arrive in a month. So basically, I even started without a microphone. Like my first episodes were recorded by just, you know, iPhone earbuds. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a matter of actually deciding to do something and making the first step. Because sometimes when you make a few steps forward, you end up being in a different situation and things become much easier to adopt, to change. And, you know, you get different opportunities your way. No kidding. So you've had some pretty big changes in the last year. Let's talk about that for a moment. Didn't always live in London. You're living there now. You're happy there. or you know, That uh-huh. seems to be the case from Facebook. So <laughs> tell us about how you ended up in London and where you were prior. Okay. Well, I lived in Armenia, where I am from originally. And I lived there with my family, my son and my husband. And my husband got enrolled in the London Business School's loan program which is a one-year full-time program. And since, you know, I'm always sort of open to new opportunities and I don't really believe in long-distance relationships as well. 
we decided yeah. to move all together. So it's been a challenge in a way that my son will be 13 very soon in next month. So it's been a challenge to relocate with the whole family to change the environment completely because, you know, UK and Armenia are completely different countries in terms of lifestyle and culture and all that stuff. But I do believe that changes are a good thing because they make you grow, they make you open-minded and, you know, they bring in so many different opportunities. So, I mean, eventually it wasn't really like, you know, we didn't arrive here uh, through me, but I totally embraced the chance. And as you can see, many people are telling me from my Facebook photos that, you know, it's very obvious that I do love this city. Oh, no kidding. And, and you've had a tremendous opportunity that come up since you've been in London, where uh, some of that is entrepreneurial, some of that is networking, some of that is public speaking. I mean, it's just so exciting to see all of your hard work. It appears to start paying off now that and part of that, I think, really helped with the relocation. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, that's the beauty of doing things online because, you know, in a broader sense, not many things changed for me in terms of, you know, I wasn't leaving a job. I wasn't, you know, making a huge changes in terms of what I'm doing because I continued producing content. I continued podcasting from here as well. So, you know, that part was constant. But on the other hand, I had so many opportunities, as you mentioned, I already could actually meet people face to face. I could go to different events. I could network. And that is a huge thing. We usually focus on online mainly, but, you know, there is something really special in-person communications and in actually seeing the person and looking in the eyes and having these, you know, physical events, which are very important as well. Well, let's give an example of that, Ani. So you've had a lot of relationships that you've cultivated online, but now with you being in London, you've had a chance to connect in person with people who are visiting there, people that live there. And what has that been like? And what, what's an example of, of uh, maybe a, a specific relationship that you have that now that in person has brought that to a new level, if that makes sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are two examples for me. Every time I was meeting people whom I knew since a long time online, I mean, it felt really surreal because I would never thought that would happen. And it was really sort of, you know, strange to, to end up in this new environment and situation meeting people. So the first time that was quite impressive was at New Media Europe, because I ended up meeting most of our fellow UK podcasters who yes. came to the event. And it was nice in a way that, you know, there were many in the same place and you had times to interact with them unofficially. And, you know, it sort of brought very interesting things. And it made me realize about this thing that we are doing online and offline, actually, because whoever met me, they were like, oh, you know, you look and act exactly like you are online. And for me, it was so strange that, you know, for me, that's the way you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> but obviously, you know, <laughs> since they were so surprised and, you know, they were mentioning it over and over again, I realized that maybe some other people are not doing the same thing online and offline. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have stories of that. I'm sure Tia could relate if Tia's still on the line, but I have met a guy online. I won't name him. And then I saw him at an event and his picture online is about 10 years ago. <laughs> and oh, he's yeah. put on probably 50 pounds. He's lost his hair. I mean, he looks completely different <laughs> from the picture online. I thought that was kind of a, 
Uh, like I couldn't tell is this a joke or like well it's very funny you delusional? Say it's very funny you said that because I just recently changed my profile picture and it was almost 10 years old as well <laughs> okay yeah. so like you know we're doing this recording via Skype and I'm looking at a picture of you is the picture of you from Skype is that your classic Ani picture yeah from several years ago that's uh, almost I think that's about nine years ago Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, and kudos to you because you don't really look like you've changed all that much. So, uh, <laughs> I guess you. it's that uh, that good, healthy living that you're practicing on. Good for you. Well, I mean, I wouldn't really say that I'm very, I mean, I don't work out regularly, unfortunately, and I love beer. So, you know, I'm not exactly <laughs> the healthy living uh, example, but yeah, don't do as I do. I have a funny beer story. I normally don't drink a lot of beer, but when I go out... Uh, <laughs> Like when I'm with Dan Franks, who's the co-founder of Podcast Movement, he is more of a beer connoisseur. He'll like to try different beers. And so he'll get these exotic IPA or exotic type beers, exotic in my world anyway. And what will happen or what used to happen, Nani, is I would say, oh, just give me that too. Right. And (laughs) I'm wondering if you've ever done that. But um, I just said, hey, give me that too. And I (laughs) I got myself in a little bit of bind by doing that because... We were in San Diego and they brought these beers and I couldn't even drink like a tenth of this thing. I mean, it just didn't <laughs> taste good. I didn't like it. And, you know, Dan, of course, likes the beer. That's he's, what he's accustomed to. But this particular beer, I don't, it was a dark beer. I just, I didn't care for it. But anyway, I, I thought that was kind of a, a funny yeah, story. Yeah, dark, dark ones are a bit specific. It's not, I mean, I don't like dark so, ones either. <laughs> Yeah, but now I get made fun of if I have a beer. It's like I just get like a normal beer, like a like in the U.S. they'd have like a Bud Light or something like that, and, and a Miller Light, and then people make fun of me, like, "Why are you drinking that?" And I'm like, "Cause that's <laughs> I'm just that guy. That's, that's yeah. I'm not going for the you know super awesome craft beer unless <laughs> I know for sure it's something I'm gonna like. So anyway, Tia, you're back with us. Tia, you doing okay? You, you hanging in there? I am. I'm hanging in there. I've actually never had. <laughs> I love it, Audie. Tia's doing her best, man. <laughs> Show some love to Tia. You can go on Twitter at Tia Lee Radio and just say, Tia, we feel your pain. She's probably going to drop off there again. And she did. That's all good. So, Audie, I wanted to read some headlines. This is something we've been doing on the podcast that's been a lot of fun. And what we do is we read headlines that are non political, non religious, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And we talk about the headline and how it relates to starving the doubts. Okay. Okay. And so we're going to test this with you and maybe you can share some personal stories that relate to the takeaways from the articles if there's any. So I'll kick us off if you want to pull up the uh, the local news there in London and see if anything stands out to you. If you don't, that's okay too. So we'll start with, uh, let's see. Okay. Here's the first article. This is kind of gross. So in the US, there's a massive store that you may have heard of. It's called yeah. Walmart. And maybe it's, uh, maybe it's kind of like a Tesco over in London. But what Walmart is not known for being, I guess the clientele that go to Walmart's typically a little bit lower in the yeah. U.S. Well, um, actually, in U.K., they have the, I mean, there, we have Walmart, but it's rebranded. So it's under the name called Asda, but Walmart is the owner of the thing. And it, it has the same oh. image. It's like a low priced items mainly for, you know, low Got income it. audience. Yeah. Okay, so that so you're familiar with that. So yep. uh, this particular article is about Walmart. It says Walmart customer makes repulsive find in cushion of store's scooter. So if I were to go on into this article and I won't, 
Long story short, a individual was shopping in Phoenix, Arizona in a Walmart, and they had an injured foot. So they did one of the electronic chairs and uh, <laughs> uh, they noticed while they were driving through the store that their back was feeling itchy and <laughs> it's not good. Uh, they go by the restrooms and this person gets out of the chair and realizes the chair is full of bed bugs. Oh, my bed God. Bed bugs, honey. Uh, pretty yeah. disgusting. Of course, this person took photographs and videos and uh, posted it on Facebook. And the response was over 15,000 people shared it and uh, certainly didn't look good on Walmart. But I guess how this could tie in, and I love your takeaway too, but is sometimes in your life, you make a repulsive find or, or something that you are attempting is just not working. In fact, it's it's having the opposite effect of what you're wanting or the opposite result. And so I'd love to hear a story where you've had a result that was absolutely not what you were going for and, and how you had to make a change from that. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I have several stories of making products without validating the idea and going ahead and creating the content, a whole online course or a whole, you know, membership site or whatever it is. And then, you know, creating the sales page, creating everything that, you know, we, we know how it works, right? So, you, you know, going ahead and creating the whole thing, spending weeks on it. And then, you know, uh, you, you're really excited. You have these expectations and then you have zero sales and people don't react mm -hmm. to it at all. And you're like, oh, my God, what's happening? So it's really sort of, you know, I think the higher expectations you have about anything, the bigger the disappointment is. And I'm a very emotional person. So for me, it's like very, uh, I get highs and lows very easy. It just, you know, it takes me a few minutes to get into the two different extremes. So for me, it's very difficult to balance the expectation and, you know, the results and my sort of, you know, stable emotional state. So now when things like this happen, I usually go back, look back at it and I look at it not as a failure, but as an experience and as uh, something to learn from. So for me, it's like, you know, now I'm doing the opposite. I'm like, you know, I'm creating something with the notion that, you know, I'm ready that it's not going to work, probably. But I'll just try in order to make sure that I'm not going to look back and always ask what would happen if I did that. So whenever I, you're getting good results, you're instead of being disappointed, you're really, really glad that it worked out. I want to use a Twitter hashtag. This is a trending hashtag at the moment, and it's epic fail. Hashtag epic fail. Ani, you just talked about how you tried some different things that didn't quite work. But let's talk about an epic fail, one that's just like, oh, no. Let's hear that story. Oh, epic fail. Well, I have to come up with something because I don't remember anything like really huge. But oh, well, that's a what, good thing. But what I did have was once actually I had to meet a person who was, you know, one of the listeners of my podcast and also an online friend. And I knew that he had a self-published book, which became Amazon bestseller. So that's Wonderful. as much as I knew. So we had common interests um, and we, we, you know, we communicated online. But I didn't really knew too much about who he was and what he was doing. So we set up a meeting to have lunch here in London. And I went to this place, which appeared to be like a VIP place for high-end, very big investors. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for that at all. So, you know, I was completely out of, I mean, I went there, they were like really high-end people, investors, all, all male with, you know, very expensive suits. And, you know, this ambience was complete, it was in Canary Wharf on, you know, you know, in, on a high level. And I was there like, oh my God, what am I doing? I had this feeling, it wasn't really a fail because, you know, I was really happy enough not to be in thorn jeans and, you know, sort of, you know, teenage type of, you know, Converse uh, (laughs) shoes and stuff like that, which I usually wear because, you know, I, I didn't know where I was going, but I felt so out of place, like being so sort of unprepared to the environment. It was, I think it even sort of, you know, showed on my face. I was like, oh my God, you know, what's going on? So it was like one of the recent encounters that I had here in London. And now I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm making sure that I do a little bit of research about where I'm going because, you know, I'm a total newbie. So. <laughs> I can only imagine. I... <laughs> oh, I, I have a, a, not quite the same story, but Dan and I were, looking at possible hotels for a future podcast movement event. And we got to the hotel to check in. I'm wearing shorts and sandals and, you know, I'd just been traveling in an airplane. So I'm not dressed up for a proper meeting whatsoever. And as soon as we walked in those hotel doors, I mean, there is a, it's like a lineup of executive, you know, managers (laughs) waiting to meet Dan and I, and um, they're all in their suits and kind of like you were describing. And uh, I'm sitting there not dressed appropriately at all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, OK, we're going to check in the hotel. We're going to have time to change and clean up and then attend the meeting. And uh, they were proactive and met us before we even checked in. And that, that was a little embarrassing. I was like, OK, <laughs> uh, had I known they were going to do that, I would have been more appropriately dressed. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's how life life happens. You just kind of. <laughs> adapt accordingly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to go back and remember and laugh and, and move forward. <laughs> yeah, I haven't told that story, so thanks for pulling that one out, Ani. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about Disney. Uh, another headline here, Disney axes healthy gumbo recipe with ah. kale amid social media backlash. And basically, this this controversial gumbo recipe is gone. And it was posted on a Disney run Facebook page over the weekend, but it was criticized because it wasn't, I guess, traditional gumbo. And, um, you know, I don't know the, the whole story on this. I haven't read the whole article, but um, I guess this is uh, kind of tying into what we've been talking about, how <laughs> uh, Disney thought this would be a fun thing to to post. And, and instead of it getting a good response, it got a, a negative response. So has there been anything outside of some of the things you've already shared where You've had to manage expectations and you thought you were going to have one kind of outcome, but you end up with another. Oh, well, I mean, my accent, it's like, you know, it has been the one that always sort of, you know, held me back from podcasting. I mean, before I didn't even think I could podcast because I thought that, come on, I mean, podcasting is like audio based thing where your accent amplifies and for me, like having an accent was uh, perceived as something really bad. I mean, for me, it was like, okay, if you're ta- speaking a language with accent, it means you're not speaking it well enough. So I had this misconception and I was really, really worried about what people would say about the way I speak and the way I sound on podcasts. And funnily enough, 
my podcast became like the thing that was liked most and everyone refers to it in their reviews saying that they really liked it. So for me, it was like a complete discovery. I had no idea that anyone could eventually like an accent. <laughs> so I want to know if you like my accent. Well, it's it's nice. I mean, I actually, I'm like, I don't know why, but I really love the, the real British accent, which I will mm. be able to pull off, obviously. But it's like from the English versions of different accents, like British is the one I prefer most. But I find it, and it's not only me, like most of the non-English speakers actually find the US accent, American accent, much easier to understand than the British one. Interesting. Um, yeah. I also like the Australian accent. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, I don't know. American is clearer to me. I don't know why. Well, when we see you at Podcast Movement in Anaheim next year, Ani, hint, hint, you'll get to sample all types of accents from all over. We get podcasters from all over the globe, which is uh, pretty cool. So. All right, we're going to do another hashtag here, Ani. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Okay, the hashtag, the trending hashtag is I'm in search of, and then that's it. I'm in search of. Ani, what are you in search of? Oh, I'm in search of, uh, what am I in search of? Um, I, I'm actually in search of actually uh, like-minded people. Mm-hmm. So people who are not really about one specific thing. So, you know, we we always say you should go niche, you should do one thing, you should be known about one specific thing so people know that this is the person who does this and they come to you. For me, it's always been a challenge. I can't pick up just one thing. So I'm looking for these crazy people who are sort of, you know, a little bit of everywhere and who are too creative to be uh, very logical and um, who basically have this rebel character and who are really fond of experimenting. So I'm, I'm always, you know, I really love when I'm meeting people who are like-minded and who understand. So you don't really have to actually explain to them why you left your job, explain to them why you are doing so many different things instead of concentrating in one thing. And, you know, you just can be yourself without actually you know, needing to explain stuff and having to, you know, to feel out of place, let's say. Yes. Yes. How do you find like-minded people? I know that's a challenge for some. How have you been able to do that? Uh, Well, I think one of the easiest way, one of the things that sort of, you know, uh, helped me through this, I mean, paradoxically enough, I couldn't find like-minded people in Armenia so easily. So, you know, I just had very few And it was very difficult for me. I mean, I was the only podcaster in the whole country. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is true because now there is no one producing podcasts in Armenia and no one knows what it is. So basically, the interesting thing is I found like-minded people online before even I came to London. And it's through different Facebook groups. Luckily enough, even through podcasting, because, you know, when they say your vibe attracts your tribe, I mean, you do a podcast around something you're passionate about, around something you're interested in, and you're actually, you know, showing part of yourself when you are interviewing others. So I guess with the time when the podcast started growing, actually, people who were listening started interacting and connecting. And now I'm like, you know, friends with many of my listeners. That's wonderful. 
I was going to ask you that, like in Armenia, like how would you find like-minded people, you know, if, if you're living in an area where, you know, it's remote or, or whatever. So what did you do? I mean, you, you said you were able to find a few. How did you do that? Well, I mean, I had few from my previous job and, uh, you know, my cousins are sort of, you know, my friends as well. But it's really difficult. I mean, it's getting difficult in a sense that everything that we are doing already is really, really new for Armenia. So there are many things that, you know, are you have to introduce the idea of, because many, many people still don't think that there is any other possibility but going to work and having, uh, having a stable job because all these other possibilities are not known. No one is doing anything else there. So it's very difficult to get the information to sort of, you know, there is an internet, but, you know, when people get into this cycle of working and coming home uh, very tired, you, you don't really, many, very few sort of have this motivation, internal motivation to, to follow up and to learn new things and to try things, etc. So that's the challenge, that it's everything is very, very new and it hasn't developed yet. And there aren't many people who are actually starting, you know, developing things. So in terms of from the logical perspective, like, you know, the coding, the programming, etc. In Armenia, uh, in the capital where I lived, we have a Center for Creative Technologies uh, for young adults, which is one of the best in the whole world. So, you know, it was featured in Forbes. It's a great one, but it's mainly for programmers and coders and, you know, animators and stuff like that. So basically the entrepreneurship, the new media, and that part is still very, very young in there. And and some of the the parts are non-existent also. (laughs) Well, Lonnie, I appreciate you making time today. Let's first start to wrap up with what's the best place for people to connect with you online? Well, it's it's mainly my website, probably, because it has a contact form and it also features all my social media presences so they can choose whichever they prefer. You know, I'm a little bit of everywhere in terms of social media, but I'm spending most of the time on Facebook, you know, if, if you have to compare with the others. And, uh, and I always reply to all my emails. So if you, if they go to annealexander.com and use the contact form to email me, you know, they will definitely get an answer. Outstanding. All right, Adi, we always like to wrap things up with final thoughts. What are your final thoughts for Star of the Doubts? Well, I mean, I, I really love, I mean, you know that I'm a word person. So for me, words are very powerful and very important. And I really love the title because it illustrates, I think, what we are looking for. We're sort of, you know, it's, we all have doubts. I don't believe that there is any person who doesn't have doubts at all. And it's not about actually fighting them. It's about accepting them, but at the same time, not letting them rule your world and doing what you have decided, regardless the doubts and moving forward. Oh, that's so good. Ani, best wishes to you in London and you and your family and, and all the things you're doing. And thrilled to have you on the show finally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was really nice. I mean, I didn't realize we never did an interview together. <laughs> Well, we've, we've been on a podcast together, but it wasn't well, Star of the Doubt. So I'm, I'm glad that we rectified that today. So Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. I, it's too bad that we lost a person in between. I, it's really bad. That's all right. Yeah, we, yeah, we still love Tia. People uh, can check out Tia over at Twitter, Tia Lee Radio. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, Ani and I were able to still chat, and I'm, I'm glad that that worked out. Yeah.
Okay, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate your invite. I do believe that changes are a good thing because they make you grow, they make you open-minded and, you know, they bring in so many different opportunities. 